Welcome to another great week here on Brit David Podcast. As Pastor Tim brings us a message from Luke chapter 13, verses 31 through 35, entitled, The Stigmatism of Criticism. Everyone faces criticism, no matter who you are or what you do. But no one has faced as much criticism as Jesus did. And the Bible encourages us to consider him, even when we are forced to face the stigmatism of criticism. Let's handle it like he handled it. We find a great example in Luke 13. Here's Pastor Tim. Oswald Sanders has an excellent book. It's called Spiritual Leadership. In that book, he said this, Maturity is moving from a soft skin and a tough heart to a tough skin and a soft heart. Uh, That's certainly true when it comes to facing criticism. I mean, criticism, nobody likes it. Nobody wants a part of it. But it's coming, isn't it? Doesn't matter who you are, at some point you're going to face some kind of criticism. That's encouraging to know, isn't it? Well, this is encouraging to know. You know, critics have a way of showing up and at the, at the most awkward of times, you know, they burst your balloon on your best day. <laughs> they kick you when you're down on your, la- on your worst day. And this seems like they continually come. And what the critic looks like, you know, comes in a variety of sizes and shapes and kinds. Children sadly learn from an early age that harsh criticism can come from their parents. Parents, it won't take them long, especially in those teenage years, to discover that they are the objects or they're the subjects of a child's harsh criticism. Spouses, they know how to do that? Absolutely. You may find it from your coworkers. You may find it from your friends. You may find it from your enemies. You may even face criticism that comes from complete strangers. The sad part about criticism is it has a way of sticking to you. You know, love being able to go and read to kindergarten classes and first grade classes. And wasn't too long ago, I was in Ashley's uh, kindergarten class. And I always try to read to them about a, a little boy named Punchinello. You know this story? Punchinello is a little wooden puppet who lives in a world of little wooden puppets. And all those little puppets do all day long, every day, is to give one another stickers. So they give star stickers to those who look pretty, who do good, who sing well, who jump high, who can do all sorts of good things. They give them a a star. But those who mess up, those who maybe they're chipped, maybe their paint is chipped, maybe they're uh, just not as coordinated or as good looking as some of the other puppets, they give them gray dots. You know, Punchinello was the kind that got a lot of gray dots in this story. In fact, they said that some folks would come and give him a gray dot just because he had gray dots. You know, people like that. What Punchinello finally learned when he spent time with his maker was a lesson that you need to learn whether you're in kindergarten or you're far from it. Those stickers, 
whether they're gray dots or whether they're stars. They only stick if you let them. They only stick if you let them. But criticism and those gray dots have a way of sticking. It seems like they're stickier than anything else. And it fashions and begins to shape what our personalities are like. It shapes even what our future is going to be like. It's the stigmatism of criticism. It is a stigma that people wear. So what are we supposed to do with it? If it's coming, if I'm going to face criticism, how do I, how do I get out from under the stigma of that? Before you answer quickly and say, well, you should just avoid it. <laughs> Aristotle said the only way to avoid criticism is to do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. Well, that's not an option, is it? So what does the what does the Bible say? Does the Bible have anything to say about that? I think immediately of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 3. The Bible says, consider him, consider Jesus. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. There is no one who faced more vicious and more frequent criticism than Jesus. Nobody. So, so maybe I should consider him. Well, we come to this passage in Luke chapter 13. That's where we are. We finished the chapter today. So at the very close of this is an example of Jesus facing criticism and resistance and opposition and all of those things. And I want to, if I want to take if I want to take Hebrews chapter 12 for face value, then I want to consider him. I want to consider what did Jesus do in this setting and what can I do when it comes my way. In fact, if you're there, Luke chapter number 13, I want you to look with me first of all in verse number 31. It's verse number 31 that sets the scene for us. Notice what it says, on that very day. On that very day, what very day? Well, exactly what we've been talking about. Jesus has been preaching, hasn't he? What's he been preaching? He's been preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He's told them what the kingdom is like. He's told them how they can be a part of it. He's told them how to be saved. And it is a grateful, rejoicing time that the multitudes are expressing along with Jesus. And on that very day, Remember, sometimes critics pop your balloon on your best day, right? This is one of those balloon-popping statements. Look what it says. On that very day, some Pharisees came saying to Jesus, Get out and depart from here, for Herod wants to kill you. Well, you know, I've had that, I've had that threat made to me before, but that one didn't come often. And I'm glad. That's some criticism I think I could do without right there, you know? That's some criticism that's, that's pretty harsh. So if Jesus handles that harsh criticism in a certain way, maybe then I can take on his example. If I do, then there are at least three steps in this passage that I want you to take, that I need to take, all right? So number one is this. Consider the source. 
Consider the source. When you face criticism, where does that criticism come from? That's the very first question that you need to answer and that, and that will determine how you respond. I mean, if the, if the criticism comes from some small-minded, hard-hearted person with a reputation for having a critical spirit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about that a whole lot different than if even the same kind of criticism comes from somebody that I love, somebody that I respect, somebody that I trust. So you need to consider the source. You need to know who it is who's bringing this criticism to you. You may find some folks from time to time that would give you some good criticism, a friend who will come to you and call you out on something that's not right that they see in your life. You can thank the Lord for that and make corrections and move forward in your life. Just from experience itself, I would say that more than likely the criticism comes from an unwanted, nosy neighbor, sort of. You know? In this case, who is it that brings the the words to Jesus? It's the Pharisees. The Pharisees are not the most trusted source, are they? I mean, you may look at verse number 31 and say, boy, the, the Pharisees have really come around. I mean, they're, they are really trying to help Jesus. Jesus, you need to get out of here because Herod's trying to kill you. We're, we're looking out for you. You think Jesus trusts that motivation from those Pharisees? No. Pharisees would have just as soon left off the last part. Jesus, you need to depart and get out of here. I mean, that's what, that's what they've been doing his entire ministry. You need to get up and get out of here. He knows what their motivation is. But who is the villain that we really need to concentrate on in this particular story? It's Herod, isn't it? Herod wants to kill you. Jesus knows who he's dealing with. Notice what he says at the beginning of verse number 32. When he first opens his mouth, Jesus said to them, You go tell that old fox. He doesn't think he's beautiful. That's not the way he's using that word. He knows that Herod is a manipulative, vile, vicious, extravagant, egotistical villain in the story of the Gospels and an enemy of God and an enemy of God's people and an enemy of Christ himself. He knows that Herod is a low-life con man. And that's how he's, that's how he's ruled and reigned. So, so if you're considering the source, you're first of all trying to consider who it is who is saying this to you. So who is this Herod? Specifically, he goes by the name Herod Antipas. He is the tetrarch over Galilee. It simply means that he's a ruler over one-third of his father's former kingdom, if you will. So who's his father? His father is Herod the Great. Herod the Great is the one who was ruling when Jesus was born. Herod the Great is the one who was ruling when the Magi came to him and said, we're here to worship the new king of the Jews. It's that Herod who wants to see all of those baby boys killed. It's that Herod 
who, who has the head of John the Baptist brought to him on a platter. That's this Herod. So Jesus considers the source. He considers who it is who's bringing this word to him. But then here's another question as you consider the source that you need to ask yourself. Not just who is, is doing the talking, but what are they saying? What are they saying? Is it true? Is what they're saying true? Is what they're saying a real possibility? Those are questions that you need to ask and questions that you need to answer. Okay, in this particular case. The Pharisees come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, you need to depart and get out of here because Herod wants to kill you. Is that true? Probably. Is it possible? Absolutely. If Herod can take the lives of all of those baby boys, if Herod can take the life of John the Baptist, then he has the physical ability and the, and the political stamina to be able to take Jesus' life. Jesus has to evaluate those things, and you do too. If the criticism against you is a threat, you need to know, is this true? Is this something that's possible? It'll determine how you react. It'll determine whether you pay attention or not. Listen, if you're talking about someone like the Pharisees, who's not trustworthy. If someone offers you criticism and you really can't believe anything they say, should you really take the criticism to heart? I'll tell you, when I was in youth ministry, and my pastor, one of the wisest, meekest, most incredible men I have ever known in my entire life, I remember getting my very first unsigned letter. You know, all right, the preachers in the room know what I'm talking about. You get that unsigned letter. And my pastor then told me, Tim, you need to take that letter and just throw it in the trash can. You need to not read it. You need to not consider it. You don't need to put any thought into it. You just need to throw that thing away. I'm not very good at that. <laughs> Instead, I take that stuff in. Man, I harbor on it, and I, I dwell on it. And I let that criticism become a stigma in my life if I'm not careful. Like a root of bitterness. It'll take up a spot in my heart. It'll affect how I speak to other people. It'll, it'll affect how I act toward other people. It'll, 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 it'll affect where I go and what I do. It'll affect everything. And not in a constructive way. If you receive that kind of criticism, do better than me. <laughs> and just let it go. What a great message from Pastor Tim. We hope that you'll join us for part two of this message, The Stigmatism of Criticism, right here tomorrow on Brit David Podcast. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, 
Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.